0: Hello, adventurers. I want to take a moment to tell you that all our content can now be found uninterrupted and commercial-free on Apollo Plus. Apollo Plus is a subscription-based service that enhances your audio fiction experience with ad-free access to your favorite shows and exclusive content, while at the same time supporting us all as creators to keep bringing you quality content. Please take a moment to check out Apollo Plus at apollopods.com or download the app in your Google or Apple app stores. Again, that's Apollo Plus, your new home for quality audio fiction.
1: Thinking about having Zoom, need or able, and I feel a little conflicted about that because I'm not exactly sure that's okay or feel all right with that. But the others are telling me that it's fine. Zane, of course, always said it was fine, but I've always found myself to not actually listen to what Zane tells me what to do. If you could just send me some sort of a last thing that says it's all right, I feel like maybe it'll maybe a bit, uh, what, what, what am I being told that I have a, a, a stick all the way up my Oh, <laughs> hello my friends, I didn't see you there. I'm Benedict Shieldheart, paladin and protector of Garnet Keep. Welcome to the Hall of the Nightlord. Oh, at least that's what I see in my mind's dream. <laughs> oh, beautiful, isn't it? You can see the stained glass picture of him that some of our artisans have made by hand. Simply stunning. Such vibrant colors. Such a place of peace. It makes me happy you're here. This episode was made possible by our supporters and patrons. J.D. Rose, Daniel Nichols, Haley Munoz, Brian Dowling, Storm Cone, Jolene Frescas, And please, welcome our newest members, John O'Dell and Michael Schofield who have also joined us supporting the show at patreon.com slash Theater. The greatest gift of all though is simply sharing our story with someone you care about Now walk with me in this dream of mine I feel a disturbance with Una.
0: God of Dragons, Season 4, Episode 7, <laughs> Unexpected Allies.
2: He found her once before, my little if only in the twilight of a dream. There, and yet not there.
3: He must find her again. Help him find her. And he put the pieces together. Pieces like hidden memories and forgotten dreams.
2: Not just steel and brass.
3: Way away along with the tree, Your truth, Uda. Our truth. Help him, and it will help me. Then, he can find me. Now, wake, wake. and remember the first thing you sense as your first clue. clue.
0: clue. <gasps> Una smelled the sweet lilies at the edge of the water as she opened her sleepy morning eyes. We fell on this beautiful lagoon outside the straw hut she had called home here for the past few days. The sky was clear, and the soft air was filled with the song of small, peaceful birds. The dark sky above, the southern tip of the Garnet Mountains, and the volcanoes of Enruk were now but a small shadow in the eastern sky behind them. The voices of several pleasant conversations came from the waterfront, where she saw her companions smiling and talking with a few of the prisoners and the local tribe whom they were part of. Sitting proudly at the waterfront's outskirts was Chakos, the huge copper dragon who helped them all escape, his scales shining like a blanket of polished coins in the light. She reached for her spear at the bedside and used it to gently prop herself up on the side of the bed. The dream still echoed in her mind, gently reverberating as she gathered her legs under her dark robes to stand. She caught a reflection in the hand mirror left by some other occupant on the small end table, the only other furniture found in this sparse but comfortable room. Una's emerald green eyes and straight blue-black hair framed her soft face. Her eyes softened for a moment as she brought a single hand to her cheek. She closed her eyes, thinking of this moment and this beautiful place, secretly wishing it wouldn't end, as if sensing her need for respite. In this moment, the voice in her head ceased its demands and allowed her peace. Good morning, Una. Una's eyes opened and saw the man she first met in the prison beneath the temple, He smiled gently behind twin sandy blonde braids that hung from the corners of his mouth, above the short cropped beard gracing his jaw. His shoulder-length hair was pulled back into two braids that swept back on either side of his head. He now wore a simple leather tunic that was black with dark green trim, topped with what appeared to be traveling boots. Different than the tattered muslin the freed prisoners were all dressed in when they first arrived. He looked not only stronger, but something was powerful about him now. I... I hope you slept well.
4: I... Mm, yes. Yes, Kopirus.
0: <laughs> Cogirus. Cogirus sounds pretty nice too, but my name is Kogirus. Cogirus.
3: I'm sorry, Kokiris.
0: It's all right. So, back to my original question Did you sleep all right?
3: Yes. Yes, I
0: did. Good. Come, get some breakfast. I believe we owe you and your friends some answers. Cordelia and Dabria sat with three other people at the stone meeting table by the water's edge enjoying various fruits and cheeses from a large central silver platter for breakfast. Lorvana was energetically talking to Chakos, no doubt telling him some wondrous tale of adventures she had heard, which he very much enjoyed. Considering his smile and focused nodding, this tale was no exception to that. Benedict stood with a shining purple apple in his hand, enjoying the tart fruit one bite at a time as he noticed the unlikely pair approaching the group. He smiled. He noted how Una's dark shadows seemed to have melted away over the past few days. She still acted slightly awkward, but everyone was very forgiving and kind to her new steps. Like a family with a newborn learning to walk. The elder of the community, Ari smiled at them as they approached.
4: Welcome, Una. Come, my dear, and join us. Sit. We have, as you can see, wonderful apples and some grapes and soft cheeses, and joy. Now that we are all here, healed and well rested, I believe now is the time for us to deliver our promise of the truth to you, of whom we owe so very much.
0: She placed a hand gently on Cordelia's and patted it assumingly as she smiled who's a caring and loving matron of this
4: village. You rescued our people from enslavement of this, this Lord palace, but I'm afraid the thread is deeper than you know, or you even realize. You see, I knew Dekion.
0: The sheer mention of the name in this beautiful place and coming from someone as pure as Arianel felt profane to the companions at the table the shock seemed to dull the senses slightly, as they didn't hear the footsteps approaching the table in the soft grasses.
2: As did I.
4: Ariad, Please! Will you come over and join us? Of
2: course, now Excuse me, Cordelia. Is the seat taken? Or can an old man sit by your side?
3: Oh, please sit, Arya. It's always good to see you. After this, I want to talk about that uh, dancing fire spell you
2: showed me. Oh, great. Yes, yes, please. After this. (sighs) Mm. (sighs) Ah. That's better. What is this? An apple with my name on it. How delightful. (laughs) The time for eating may need to wait, wise one. Really? Are you actually doing this now? (laughs) Calm down, Mm. Mm Emir. Delicious. You see Cordelia? Mm. How the apple mm. is perfectly to the bite. Mm. Ah,
1: wonderful. Are you quite done? We have questions that owe answers.
0: Dabrius stared at the old man, twin white and gold mustaches that trailed from the corners of his mouth. They weaved and swayed gently as he chewed the bite of apple considering what she just said. Emir sat with his arms crossed, under a bald head, angry impatient eyes and tight lips. His deep brown chin strap of a beard fell into a single braid clasped by a bronze bead. Across the table sat his twin sister, Semri, whose platinum and charcoal locks were braided in eight warrior's braids, and they ended in bronze beads as well. It's probably the only thing that showed any similarity to her twin. She was quiet, reserved, and smiling at Arya's carefree attitude with a hand on a graceful chin, as was the smiling face of Aryanelle.
2: Fine. You see, my friends, some of us are old, and old people tend to know each other because the longer you last in this mortal coil... The more chances you have to run into each other,
0: with patience. He glared mockingly at Emir and Dabria before chuckling and shaking his head.
2: <sighs> yes, there's a good chance you'll meet everyone someday.
3: <laughs> when did you meet him?
2: Well, we. Nell and I, at least, both met him. Hmm. Let's say, that would be over 1,500 years ago, I suppose.
3: Impossible. What?
4: Uh, how? (laughs) Oh, it's okay, child. It can be shocking.
2: But... I look good for my age, don't I?
3: (laughs) I... (laughs) Sure. Sure you do, (laughs) Aryat.
2: See? Told you, Emir, Stress would make you age much faster. Whatever. Amazing.
1: But... Wait, that would mean you were both alive during the War of the Stone?
4: Yes, Benedict. The others, well, are a bit too young for that event, but Ariat and I, we knew it well. What part did Dekaeon play in that war? Dekaeon helped lead the Western Army of the Eagle to capture the Stone. He believed it would help make him immortal, rising to challenge the gods themselves. Well, this is what pitted them against nearly the entire world. We, well, we helped defend our friends, the Kobolds, believing that this was a war only for the humans. Soon, the dwarves and the elves of both continents, they took up arms to battle against the banners of the eagle. The banners, led by the Dark Lord Decaon's insanity.
2: To be honest, we should have joined sooner. As by the time we did, we bore little help from here to the center of the valley where the stone stood. (sighs) By the time we got there, the stone was destroyed.
4: You said you knew him, though?
0: Aryath smiled.
2: I said we met him before. You see, this land of Shikara stretches to the sea, to the south and west, separated by the Garnet Mountains, to what is known as Troll, This its northern border consisting of Woofling and this dark obsidian forest. Most importantly, this is where I was born.
3: Here, in this lagoon. Ha!
2: I should hope not.
3: I was told it was a village to the north, in the great desert. Now lost to time, though. No, Cordelia, this lagoon is our home, and rarely do we host the various people of the world here.
0: Semri sat forward, looking gently at Cordelia. Her green and gold eyes behind her deeply tanned skin reflected strength and wisdom beyond what appeared to be the middle-aged woman's frame. Ariana smiled and nodded.
4: We have discussed the current dread that has fallen over the land, and we realize it is time for some of us to join you on your journey. We do not wish to repeat the mistakes of the past.
0: Emir and Semri stood up from the table. Gogiris patted the dark shoulder of Una gently and with a smile stood up. She saw the glimmer of glitter in his amber eyes briefly as he walked with those two friends to the clearing.
2: (laughs) (sighs) Cordelia, can you give me a hand up?
1: Oh, of course.
2: Mm. Thank you. <laughs> Such a lovely girl you are. Such a wonderful heart.
0: Arya smiled, and leaning on his staff, slowly made his way with the others to stand in the large clearing by Chaco's. Chakos took a few steps back with his giant head, bowed in respect.
4: My friends, you have delayed yourselves to ensure the safety of my people. And for that, we are forever in your debt. The dark magics in Enruk, being worked in the shadows, took us dangerously close to death. And for, for some, took something Precious.
0: Chakos looked away. The once proud dragon felt humbled at this statement as it reverberated through him.
4: Garnet Keep is in danger, and you will not make it back in time to save it unless we help you. And one of us has pledged to assist in taking each of you there.
2: Ease before beauty. I suppose.
0: Uh, Aryat stepped forward and dropped the staff on the ground. He raised his arms to the sky quickly, and they seemed to continue upward and outward until a Dragon, much larger than Chaco, stood. Cordelia's eyes shimmered as they brimmed with tears.
3: Huh? I knew it. I just knew
0: it. <laughs> Towering above in blinding gold tendrils of his twin mustaches visibly wavered as he spoke. His voice came to Cordelia's mind as if he was sitting next to her again. Cordelia, I
3: am I of the fears, and I have chosen
0: you. The twins looked at each other before their serpentine forms of sleek bronze, similar in size to Chapos, took shape. Their heads came to the shoulder of the towering Aryan, who had now carefully stepped to the back of the group behind Chakos.
3: Dabria, I am Ymir, the swift. Hear what I can do. Great things.
0: Dabria smiled and nodded, stepping forward to the bronze dragon.
3: Benedict, I am summary, protector of the sky. You and I
0: shall defend your home. Benedict saluted her, overcome with shock, as he made his way to the bronze dragon, now almost a mirror image of her twin. Well, <laughs> we save the best for last. Luna saw him change into the reddish gold of brass, appearing almost smaller than the others, but simply just thin with shorter limbs. And more powerful claws. Two ram's horns adorned either side of his head. Una was in shock at seeing her new friend. Kogiris? Yes, Una. I know it's Kogiris,
3: the protector of the weak. You and I will serve the
0: head of the looked at Chakos, a smile stretching across her happy face.
3: Where are you help? you allow me to take Lord Arna, that you gonna keep, as Hope you don't mind, no one. If you prefer someone else come with me, I believe.
1: Oh yes, please! That would be wonderful, Chakos!
0: Ariana took a moment before answering. It looked magnificent in the light, dancing across their metallic scales. Chakos was eager to do this task, but she noted how close he and the Halfling had become. Perhaps she could help him find himself again.
4: Oh, my loyal Chakos. Yes. Yes, I believe this could do you some good, and possibly you could regain what you have lost in this journey. Oh, go now, my friends. We wish you all well, and may the winds be at your backs.
0: shapes burst through golden clouds in the champagne sky. The glitter of a million metal scales reflected the soft orange and pink hues of the sunset surrounding them as they flew on high above the hidden earth below. Benedict, Cordelia, Lorvana, Una, and Dabria sat astride their dragon mounts as they flew northeast, finally crossing The Garnet Mountains, after four days of traveling north along the western slope and its rocky foothills. Rhythmically, the huge wings beat against the cool evening air, a sliver of pale crescent moon now becoming more visible in the clearer skies. The smell of mountain pine in the thin air was a welcome change from the humid mineral and sulfur of the hot springs previously in the valley. Benedict saw the faint outline of somewhat familiar angular pillars on the mountain slope as the faded ancient road snaked its way down the cliffside to the valley in the distance.
1: Is that a dwarven ruin? Hmm. Maybe a
2: mine?
3: Not a mine, my dear Benedict. A B mine. This is the great mine of the Thawley Mountains, known in your as the Southstone Caverns. The dwarves know it as Skaldre
2: the
0: He thought of his friends and hoped he and the others had made it out alive. As if sensing this concern in the air, Cordelia felt a thin braid of faded colors, now pastel from the sun, around her left wrist, peach and periwinkle. Once a strong red and blue, over a decade ago, were braided in the child's friendship bracelet, given to her in trade by her best friend, Sophie. She felt a calm come over her. Not directly, just a feeling that that she was alright. Hmm. That can't be good. Looking behind them briefly, Gogiras saw something else on the southeast horizon. Several dark shapes came up through the distant twilight clouds, suddenly bursting into familiar and unwelcome blue and red colors. The sip begins.
3: My friends, friends it appears we, we have some visitors coming out of due east. A large red and... five escorting blues. Not the odds I would have hoped for at this time. As much as they make my blood boil, it wishes I to engage with them now. Lovana and I will try to draw them higher. Reed, we cannot afford to waste time fighting him. We must
0: get to the in Fly, my friends, fly! With the evening, they found themselves followed by five blue dragons and the hulking bodies of two additional red ones in the cold, clear moonlight. The riders tried to sleep on the backs of their tireless dragons, but found it impossible. Hour after hour went by through the night, and they could see them slowly gaining their position—a slow, calculated advance. The sun began to rise thirty degrees to their starboard, or right side, Cordelia well noted in her head. As they had reached the valley on the other eastern side of the mountains below, they began changing course north. She looked behind, noting they were now within a hundred yards of them. She could see a rider in dark armor, carrying a crooked magical staff that glowed green in the dim dawn.
3: Arya, don't stop. They're very close, but I only see three blue dragons now. What?
0: But where did
3: they- are flanking! Down, you see them!
0: A blue shape in the dawn's light drew above Dabria masking with the sky save for its mustard-yellow underbelly. Above! Dragons of blue and bronze collided for the first time in centuries, high above the plains of Tron. Emir and Dabria spun around moments before the blue dragon met them with all four claws, in a powerful strike downward Into the clouds, Emir could see beyond the blood red eyes of his adversary, peeled back, bloodthirsty and cruel. He knew this dragon. Uh, Not this time,
3: Midnight.
0: Emir ripped free of Midnight's grip and quickly ascended back to the group, climbing higher to gain vantage as they sailed through the sky. Swooping quickly to take his place was the swift Kogiris and Una. Passing by the slower-moving dragons, he opened his mouth, expelling a pinkish-purple cloud into the face of the blue and the large red who was close behind. They reared back, roaring in protest, once before their bodies went limp. It fell out of the dawn sky.
3: <laughs> night, <Night-night>, night, friends. Hope <laughs> the hills below don't wake you up suddenly. <laughs>
0: Suddenly, the hulking form of the other red dragon moved into his path. Kugiris strained as the force of the turn threatened to shatter his mighty bones from the quick maneuver. Recovering quickly, he noticed they weren't their intended target. <laughs> <laughs> been a long
3: time, I see um, <laughs> soon I your is so precious tree. I should
0: guess he was steeply a slave, a of the dark Arya's golden body leered back as they both answered each other's insults with a cascade of fire streaming from their mouths. The red drove him and Cordelia backwards, but the fire reflected harmlessly in his golden scales. Ymir turned to the brave Dabria.
3: Take us below them. Gladly, hold
0: on. Emir drew in his great bronze wings and transformed back into his human form. They dropped like a meteor from the sky. The wind rushed past Dabria's ears in a welcome anticipated rush. As she clung to his back, her blood lifted and she felt alive and free as they fell between and unnoticed by the huge battling forms. Smiling gently, she drew herself closer to Emir, feeling his muscles suddenly tense as they threw his wings out 30 feet below. The pair of greater, ancient dragons, she clutched the goat's horn at her neck.
3: Bless his strike in this moment.
0: wave erupted from Emir as it rippled across the sky, slamming into the much larger red dragon.
3: Oh, what little...
2: oh.
3: <laughs> you fools choose to side with these ignorant humans instead of embracing your own magnificence. <laughs>
0: Blaze turned and dove out of the clouds and out of sight. Ariad watched his old adversary depart, surprisingly finding part of himself, smirking inside. He always was so hot-headed,
3: impetuous. Just relax. Take in this. One little for a sake. Wait. Watch out, Semri!
0: Another blue dragon slammed into Semri, pushing her and Benedict downward into the thick blanket of clouds. The moist air ripped across their bodies as the vision became shrouded in mist like a waking nightmare. The blue raked her wing with a mighty claw, leaving it tattered and torn as she twisted to face him. She drew breath, but paused as another form came into view just behind him. no, Go back!
3: No! I can't lose you! Your friend can't save you!
0: Time slowed for a moment as SEMRI saw the look in Chakos' eyes through the fog. Panic of being unable to help save their plummeting bodies to do anything. A Forgotten memory erupted in her mind. She remembered him in his human form. Long, bright red-orange hair tied back in a series of five braids. One larger one on either side with three small ones down the middle. He was standing in front of a door the lost temple of Enricon. The thunder of an imminent collapse of rock and stone was growing.
2: Back this way! Semri, hurry! Go now. I'll protect the passage until the kobolds go.
0: Run!
3: No, Chakos. Come with us. Don't just wait here for
2: death.
0: I... I won't... lose
2: you, my friend.
0: Now... Run! Semri opened her eyes from the memory the path now clear before her
3: please Semri. you won't now please save them
0: ah! Semri shoved the blue dragon off her with one mighty shove of her hind legs blasted a shockwave similar to her brothers knocking the blue back into a waiting blast of corrosive acid from Chakos's open maw. Chakos swung a powerful claw across its jaws at shrieked when the burning liquid sprayed across its rippling neck and shoulders. Chakos gripped it in his claw and grappled, breaking a few powerful hind claw attacks across its exposed belly before it broke free, blasting a crackle of hot blue powerful lightning over his shoulder, barely missing. Before Chakos could recover, the blue had disappeared into the fog, flying away from them all. (sighs) Sammy! She was gone. He paused for a moment, thinking of her last words, her last wish before explosively pursuing his friends above. A few moments later, he joined the rest of his friends in the clouds above the golden dawn, now turning to familiar and clear blue skies.
3: Where is Somebody?
0: Ymir knew his twin's fate before Chakos could answer. She fell, but I he do not feel my twins. He paused. The twins were born of a single egg, a rare and magical thing for dragons. They could share bits and parts of feelings and senses. He felt a wash of reassurance and then a call to action. She wants us to go. This
3: for you is a sure sign that the key will soon be attacked. If it wasn't already. And it's still a few hours' flight to the north. Come. Darkus, my friend. Five me. Please, Please. of course. Little why we We must must make haste to
0: God's keep. As the conversation of the dragons echoed telepathically in Cordelia's mind, she thought of Benedict lost in the fog below. Tears streamed down her cheeks as she gripped the harness on Ariat's back, drawing herself to him in comfort and hope. Appearing in this episode, Una's Patron, Shannon Roby, Una, Becky Achley, Lorvana, Cara Danvers, Benedict, Brian Dowling, Cordelia, Jolene Fresquez, Dabria, JD Rose, the narrator, Mike Achley. And please welcome the dragons. Ariano, Janet Ashley, Ariat, Daniel Nichols, Blaze, Jin Walker, Semri, Melissa Kirsch, Chakos, Scott C. Brown, Hugiris, David Tilstra, Emir, Harlan Guthrie.
1: Thank you for joining us in this episode of Dice Terror Theater's Dawn of Dragons. And please join us in thanking our magnificent cast for their performance, and their full list can be found in the show notes. If you would like a sticker from the show, please leave a review on any podcasting platform and send a screenshot to dm at com with a mailing address we can send it to. In the next episode, what preparations need to be made at Garnet Keep to prepare for the approaching Dark Army? Will their dragon allies be enough to stop their assault on our home? And what of the great dragon Semri and Benedict? Will this be how they finally join the ferryman in his realm of death? Well, I certainly hope not, because that's sort of important to me if I have a role or not next season.
3: <laughs>
1: anyway, until then, fellow adventurers, stay safe and remember the oath.